You're listening to the JT The Brick Show, where the Raider Nation has come to sound off and react for over 20 years. It's time for JT The Brick. The business I chose, that is real. That is bleeping real right now. Why am I bringing this up? It's what I do best. I screw up five times a day before breakfast. I'm not going crazy on this one. I'm not. I'm not going crazy. Does anybody listen to me? We talk balls on sports radio. JT The Brick. I don't have notes. I'm lying. I just, it's off the top of my head. The whole radio show's off the top of my head. I don't have a three-hour pre-show meeting like those other guys where the interns write the show. It's all off the top of my head. We make memories on this show for the Raider Nation. Jump on with us. Do your job. Win these games. Let's be up 10 points in the fourth quarter. Let's go in and shock the world. We are not the official show of the practice squad. I want to talk about the starters and the impact guys. We're going to put this team on the map. If this is too hardcore for you, turn the channel. Don't embarrass Bobby. Wow, I can go in 10 different directions today. No half-ass effort. I bring passion and energy for every second I'm on the radio. And now, it's a tweet. Don't take it too seriously. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. We open up the show from the flagship Raider Nation Radio. I'm at the Lotus Studios today. Uh, Bobby will be off on Tuesdays because he works like I do six days a week. We give him off Tuesday. Danny does an amazing job. He jumps in. He's got great sound. This guy knows what he's doing. I asked him to give me Aaron Rodgers sound. Give me a lot of Aaron Rodgers sound. He did. I'll get to that in the monologue brought to you by Golden Entertainment. Do you believe they own the Strat? They own the Strat. It's iconic. It's like the Empire State Building of Vegas. When you see it anywhere, flying in, you see the Strat. And we do a lot at the Strat there, too. They have a signature PTs right there. Unbelievable wings. I'm a wing guy. Good wing. Wing talk this week as the Raiders go to Buffalo. You can go to Top of the World. You can go on the rides on the roof. And they own 64 taverns here in the Valley. They fuel the monologue. PTs as we open up the show. Was at the Raiders all morning today. Tuesday's a big day. Raiders roundtable. Q Myers and myself. And our guest was Jason Horowitz. Lincoln Kennedy a bit under the weather. So Jason, the voice of the Raiders, jumped in. Really good conversation about the win in Denver as we preview the Buffalo Bills coming up. So the rest of the week, I'm going to give you something to talk about. I hope you take advantage of the format. How do we beat the Bills? You hear me? How do we beat the Bills? I don't know if I can answer that. I picked the Bills to win the last two Super Bowls. I think the Bills are great, not good. This was not a game that you, you Raider Nation, circled on the schedule and go, oh, that's one. Oh, we got that W. But now the Raiders are playing with house money. I like where the Raiders are going into Buffalo. Kind of one of those games. Hey, guys, let's get, in, let's get in the circle here. We might win this game. Did you see Buffalo last night? They were awful. And the Raiders get them on a short week as they're in West Virginia all week practicing privately there at an undisclosed location in West Virginia. Man, that sounds like something on Dateline, right? The Dateline guy comes on. Why are the Raiders in West Virginia? What are they seeing in West Virginia? I don't know. I don't know, but they're there. They got a head start. The Raiders were already back east before Buffalo walked in the locker room to take a shower and talk to the media about the loss. Raiders were having a snack, rested in their own beds in a nice resort. Man, maybe the Raiders got something going, but those scoundrels, those bookmakers, and we got a great one on today, Jeff Sherman, in about 35 minutes. Why do they have the Raiders catching 10? 10 points, maybe nine and a half if you're shopping. 
Once again, the bookmakers and the NFL insiders think you got no chance. They don't think you got a chance in hell to win this game. Raiders are playing with house money. It's a Vegas term. I believe it right here. So that's what I want to know. I want you to be specific. You know I got a lot of guests. We got two Buffalo guests coming up this week. Uh, We got Levi Edwards today from inside the Raiders. Jeff Sherman, as I mentioned. Vinny Bonsignor tomorrow. Either James Lofton or Phil Villapiano. You know, once a Raiders, always a Raiders segment. And then we get Chris Matthews from 8 News Now. Johnny Katz is coming in. I got all the insiders. We got them right here. And they're coming in. But for you, what I need to hear from you is how do you win this game? And I think you can go in two directions. Two directions, which is going to make it more complicated as you put together your tweet and phone call. Do we run the ball and stall? Do we try to just run the ball down their throat? Because they're not a physical team. Their defense is at at certain spots. But this is not the Jets' defense, even though Buffalo's defense played well. This isn't the Ray Lewis Ravens' defense, and it's not the Niners' defense that we saw in the dual workouts here in Las Vegas. Do we run it down their throat and keep the clock running and shorten the game, or do we just embrace the shootout? I don't know. I don't know. I need a couple days to figure it out. This game could be 41-38, 41-17. It could be, I don't think it's going to be 17-16. I don't think it's going to be 21-20. The Bills are too good to be stopped. They're too good. Raiders can stop them a few times. They stopped Russell Wilson in the second half. But Josh Allen's got a lot of heat on him in Buffalo now. He turned it over four times last night. So do you believe that it's in his head? That it could be in his head Hey, man, I don't know if I want to turn it over. All the guys on first take and all the guys on NFL Network are mocking me for turning it over all the time. Maybe I just want to get, maybe I want to check down. Maybe he just wants to check down in the game because he's afraid to throw interceptions. I don't know. But Josh Jacobs did not run free and wild in game one at Denver. I don't think the offensive line did a great job in run blocking. They did an excellent job in pass protection. I know that Jimmy G's got a healthy Devontae Hunter Renfro. We'll wait to see what happens with Jacoby Myers, who's in protocol. Hopefully he can play. Hooper made an unbelievable catch. Michael Mayer needs to get going. I think the Raiders are built to play Buffalo because they can get into a shootout, shotgun four wide, and go up against Buffalo. So I'm going to take it from you this week. You're going to help me, and I don't hide behind that. I could use your help. I can use your help as I prepare for the pregame show on Sunday. How do you want to win this game? Quite simply, how do you want to win the game? Explosive offense or just look Buffalo in the eye and say, you know, you're better. You go to the AFC championship game every year. We're playing your home opener. Your fans are going to be drunk. Those fans are going to be so drunk. They're going to be hammered two hours before the game. It's going to be loud. They're nervous. They're 0-1. So how do you win the game? And we'll try to figure that out together this week at 702-365-9200. Launching new platforms on Instagram. I'm on Instagram, JT the Brick Hits. We're on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter at JT the Brick. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this this plays out. Uh, to me, I'm just excited to see the Raiders play this game 1-0. and Oh, my God. Do you know how many times publicly and privately – I talked to Raider fans this offseason who came up to me. True. I've never lied to you. They came right up to me. JT, we're going to be 0-2 going into the Pittsburgh game. I go, what? 
Well, yeah, if, you know, it's Sean Payton. If we lose that game, we're definitely going to lose in Buffalo. We got no chance in Buffalo. We're going to be 0-2 coming into the Pittsburgh game. That's going to be a big spot. No, it's not. Now the Raiders are 1-0. They're playing with house money. They have the ability to go win that game. And the only reason why I think they can win that game is because of the way the Bills looked last night. The Bills looked awful. And you want to know some of the background noise? The background noise is that Josh Allen is not the same anymore. And the breaking news today, the breaking news at ESPN.com, Buffalo Bills owner Terry Bagula allegedly made a racist comment about black players in the NFL according to a racial discrimination lawsuit against the league filed today by the great Jim Trotter. Jim Trotter's a friend. He's a friend of the Raiders. He covered the Chargers for the years. He knew Al Davis. He knows Mark Davis. Jim Trotter, who was let go and fired by NFL media, which is the NFL, now has a lawsuit, a discrimination lawsuit, and this guy's got a lot of juice. So let me make this point clear again. Okay, Jim Trotter has a lawsuit going up against the NFL, and a guy you might have heard by the name of John Gruden has a lawsuit going with the NFL. Okay, this is something we need to bring up here. Trotter alleges in the lawsuit that in 2020, a fellow NFL media reporter recalled the conversation which he had with Pagula, who was speaking to the reporter about the NFL's social justice incentives. Remember, remember Black Lives Matter and the NFL and the messages they had on the helmets and on the field. The reporter, who was not identified in the lawsuit, told Jim Trotter, a claimed Hall of Fame voter, a claimed NFL insider, and approximately 40 other NFL media co-workers during a Zoom call that the owner of the Buffalo Bills said this, quote, if the black players don't like it here, they should go back to Africa and see how bad it is. Whoa. That's the owner of the Bills. The Raiders play the Bills this week. NFL media is going to be all over the place with this owner trying to sit down with this owner and go, wait a second, what is this? The lawsuit states that Trotter, who is black, pressed executives at NFL media to investigate Pagula's comments, which were highly offensive and racist, but that he was repeatedly brushed off and told that the league office was investigating it. And then all of a sudden, Trotter's gone. One of the best reporters I've ever interviewed, out. Pagula has denied making the comment. So it's just a, just a storyline that doesn't affect the game. But it's interesting that I bring this up here in the monologue. I did not think the Raiders would have a chance to win this game from a percentage of, hey, let's pick the winner of the game. I didn't think the Raiders, when the schedule came out, the two toughest Raider games are at Kansas City and at, at Buffalo. No debate. No debate. The L.A. Charger game is a home game in front of Raider fans. Then you go to uh, at Detroit. Detroit could be tough, but Detroit's Detroit. I look around at Miami. Could be very tough. The Cheetah. We don't know how to guard the cheetah. We never knew how to guard the cheetah, but I think we're going to do a better time, job this time around. We, we can knock Tua down. But the toughest game I thought on the schedule when the schedule came out was week two at Buffalo. Now I feel much better about the game. I'm not going to say they're going to win the game, but I feel better about the game because I think the way Buffalo is playing, Josh Allen is very reckless with the ball. And Whitehead for the Jets had three interceptions in the game. Did you see how he attacked the football can we get Marcus Epps? Can we get the other safety? Because I know Merrick got banged up a bit. 
but I thought he made a great tackle to seal the game and end the game. Can we get one of our safeties to break on the ball the way the Jets broke on those balls last night that were just thrown in the air and waiting to be picked off? Josh Allen had four turnovers in the game. He had three interceptions and a fumble. So the game plan to me is very difficult here because I don't know if they're going to get more conservative with Josh Allen. Do you see some of the times he ran the ball? Like he ran the ball like a lineman, tried to run people over. The ball's going to come out. But the problem is for the Raiders in this game is he's much more difficult. Well, first off, he's better than Russell Wilson. Two years ago, Russell Wilson was a Hall of Famer. Now he's not playing like one. Josh Allen is a great quarterback. He's on the elite list. He's had a couple of bad games recently, but he's still a top three or four quarterback in the league. It's like playing Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. You're going to be playing you know, Justin Herbert. You're going to be playing one of the quarterbacks who's one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. Uh, the other news is the Raiders will not be playing Aaron Rodgers on Monday Night Football here, but the Raiders will have to play the Jets' defense which is very good. So I want to get to what happened last night with Aaron Rodgers, which is sickening to me. It's so awful. You never want to see anybody get hurt. We often say this on this broadcast. You never root for injuries, even though the Raiders are going to play the Jets this year. You don't root that. But when he got hurt last night, I'm from New York, and I know a lot of people who are Giants and Jet fans. That's the DNA of where I grew up. And in the last 24 hours, it's the curse of MetLife Stadium. The Giants had the worst loss in franchise history ever. In their proud history, they've won eight NFL championships, four championships before the Super Bowl, and four Super Bowls. And the Giants played their worst game ever. And in less than 24 hours, Aaron Rodgers carried out the American flag on the anniversary of 9-11 and lasted four snaps. Not four quarters. Four snaps in the game, and he's gone for the year with the torn Achilles. Here's how the injury sounded from last night on Monday night. The former first-round pick of the Bears, and now Rodgers sits down. A loss of 10 on the play, and hopefully the Jets are thinking that's the only loss on that play. See what happened at the end of it. Take a look here at the very end, and it's hard to, hard to see. Of course, he... He had the, the calf issue in training camp, but here's a little better look as far as what might have happened for him to go back down to the ground. He's coming out of the game. That means that if he plays into game one, Zach Wilson, the former number two overall pick from BYU. That's a tough play. That's Joe Buck on the call. That's Joe Buck on the call. So I was on the radio live last night when that happened. And I've been on the radio, luckily, most of my career live at night when things happen. Most of it's great. It's a Monday night for the national championship. Some guy hits a walk-off jumper to win the NCAA tournament. Uh, someone hits a home run in the World Series, and I'm live calling it on delay. I've been on the radio for some great stuff at night over 25 years. Last night was one of the worst. Last night I had to call this as I saw it. If he didn't rupture his Achilles in that game, he would have got hurt. The Jets' offensive line would have got that guy killed. He ran for his life on the first three plays of the game. The Jets' offensive line stinks. And they're the reason why Aaron Rodgers got hurt. I mean, the Achilles, it's just they're playing on turf. It's wet. I'm not a conspiracy theorist here. But he did get hurt because he was running awkwardly to get away from a sack. Really unfortunate. It hurts the league a lot. It hurts you and me. Because we don't get a chance to watch Aaron Rodgers play all year. So if you paid for Sunday ticket, if you go to a sports bar with your buddies, if you like fantasy football, we lost Aaron Rodgers for the year. That sucks. 
That's not good for business. I'm really bummed out about it. I'm not a fan of Aaron Rodgers. I've criticized him mightily for the yoga cleanse. He breaks up with every girlfriend he has. He's kind of a weird dude at times. He's a great player. Very unfortunate to see that. Pat McAfee usually has the exclusive with him every week. He's friends with him. Here's what he had to say on ESPN. I don't think anybody talks about how miserable rehab is after surgeries. It is not fun. It is lonely days. It is painful days. You got to live in hope and optimism as opposed to the present and the trainers and physical therapists that are putting you through it are literally trying to build your vibes every single day. It is devastating to hear that it's been officialized that he did tear his Achilles. And I understand everything that everybody's saying about, you know, he's 39. And there's a chance that he views this as a sign from the universe. You know, he's always yep. wanted to remain with one team. Now he goes to the Jets, four plays in. It's kind of ended quickly. Maybe he'll think it's a sign for the universe. But if you listen to him talk about football and his love for the sport and his competitive drive, I'm not sure, Unc. I'm not sure he's going to want to go out like that. But, I mean, there, there's so many questions still to be answered, I'd assume, from the Aaron Rodgers camp. Oh, this is so crazy. I mean, how could that happen in one stadium met life in 24 hours? I had a bad feeling about it. First off, the weather was garbage. It's supposed to be great at the end of this, you know, at the end of Labor Day into September. It's, I mean, really, it's supposed to be tank top weather at night. Summer. You ever heard, heard of the term Indian summer? I, I grew up in New York in September. End of September, you can go to a football game in shorts if the weather cooperates. Back-to-back nights, pouring rain. Pouring rain. People can't get in and out of the parking lot. Nightmare because of traffic. And the Giants get embarrassed and the Jets lose their quarterback. Be happy you live in Vegas, man. No state taxes. Weather's typically perfect. A little bit hot. Yeah, we do have a couple of months where we bake. It's pretty hot. But overall, to get to Allegiant Stadium, to get to Allegiant Stadium and walk over the Hacienda Bridge instead of going to MetLife, that dump, and it takes you two hours to get out of the parking lot, it's insane. And the Jet fans are cursed. They are cursed. They are cursed. There's no other way around it. The Cubs were cursed forever. Remember the curse of the Billy Goat? Took them a long time. The Red Sox were cursed. The curse of the Bambino, Babe Ruth, they got rid of it. The Jets are absolutely cursed. This only happens to the Jets or the Mets, and it happened to the Jets last night. Dan Orlovsky this morning on Up and Adams talked about the injury, Aaron Rodgers, how it affects the team in the league. When it comes to Aaron, 39, he'll be 40, Achilles, all of that. Like, is there a thought in your head when you saw this that you thought that's a wrap? Or do you think, like, he'll come back and it'll be an even better story? I would be shocked if Aaron's done. I, I'd be floored. Um, he's still under contract for next year, to my knowledge. Um, the pay cut, the roster is going to be really good. One of the greatest players at that position ever, I can't imagine, goes out like that. Um, I, I think he said it himself that he doesn't plan for this to be a one-year thing. And so... The, for him to kind of now it's going to be easy and really commit to the grind of that rehab. I think so. I think he felt how special kind of what was going on there was going to be. I would be shocked if he hung it up. Um, I hopefully he can, he can see how still special the opportunity is, but Mm -hmm. I'm not banking against Aaron getting back. That's a great piece of sound. Let me tell you why that's such an important piece of sound. Rogers career is defined. He's got four MVPs and a Super Bowl. He's good. He cannot go out that way. You cannot go out. The newest member of the Jets play four snaps and never come back again. He's got to at least try. So for those saying, well, he'll never come back again, I don't know if he's going to be able to come back and be at full strength or be the player that he was. It'd be like Kevin Durant 
tearing his Achilles at 35 or 40. You know, Kevin Durant could come back, but he'd be a shell of himself. And he's recovered from an Achilles injury. So Aaron Rodgers, I wish him nothing but the best. Dr. David Chow, who's been a long-term guest on this show, was also on another platform earlier today. He, he predicts injuries the second it happens. He describes this one. Obviously, everybody's talking about Aaron Rodgers and his Achilles. You were on it very early from the replay. You actually texted me and said, hey, sorry, bud. That's, uh, you were very adamant that it was an Achilles. Now, let's go through this entire thing. How long is the rehab process for this? And how is it compared to like an ACL rehab? Is it just as painful, just as miserable? And what are your thoughts on the outcome normally for a 39-year-old male? Well, it's going to be, he's all but done. A lottery chance of playing again, late, late playoffs or in season. He's done for the season. Okay. He's done for the season. And look, I heard you earlier, Pat, saying that you don't see him calling it quits after this. And I would agree. Competitors like this don't want to call it quits on this. That's why he stood up after the sack. He was more mad about it. But then when he tried to take a step, said it's not working and I'm sitting down. All right, so I don't want to use all the sound. We have more sound from other shows that I want to play throughout the show. Look, we're Raiders Radio here. I do sports talk. This topic is much bigger than any Raiders topic today, not even close. This has derailed the NFL on a Tuesday. This is groundbreaking, global, doom and gloom NFL news. No one wants to see it. This would be like Patrick Mahomes, who's younger, being gone for the year. Or, or another great player, Nick Bosa, tearing his ACL, gone for the year. This is not good for the television show, which is the NFL. It sucks for the Jet fans. Talked to my brother-in-law today, married my sister. He was almost in tears. Literally, like, I cannot believe it. He's a season ticket holder. You know what those season tickets are worth now in New York? I believe, I want to predict this first if it hasn't been predict, predicted in this building. Carson Wentz will be the quarterback of the Jets. He's a good player. He hasn't played well lately. Who cares? He's a young guy. He led Philadelphia to a Super Bowl, and then he got injured. Nick Foles won it. He worked out the entire offseason with John Gruden down at Gruden's quarterback camp. I think they signed Carson Wentz. He's big. He's strong. He's durable. He gets banged up and hurt. So does Jimmy G. But you got to hope these guys don't get hurt. You're not going to bring Matt Ryan out of the booth. And how come Zach Wilson isn't prepared to play quarterback in this league? What the hell's the problem there? He was drafted number two overall. He's in year three, and last night they're like, ooh, is, is Nathaniel Hackett going to give him the playbook? What the hell is that all about? If Jimmy G, knock on wood, hope he doesn't get hurt, if Aiden O'Connell had to come in and play, Josh McDaniels would have more confidence in Aiden O'Connell than any Jet fan has in Zach Wilson. They think the season's over. And we got to play the Jets coming up here at home pretty soon. Jets' defense is good. Oh, I mean, Raiders are going to have their hands full with the Jets' defense coming up there, but I like their chances not facing Aaron Rodgers. We got to face Zach Wilson instead of Aaron Rodgers. We got to face Jordan Love instead of Aaron Rodgers. I, I like that. It could help the Raiders out here as we try to figure out how the Raiders are going to find a way to win at Buffalo. Two months ago, two months ago, I thought completely different about this game. I'm always pro Raiders. They can win any game. Now I feel really good about our chances to be in this game late. Nick, start us off on the flagship. What's happening, Nick? Hey, what's up, JT? How are you? How are you? Not bad. Feeling good after a win, you know. Um, I didn't want to talk about the Bills game, but for a minute, quick, I just wanted to point something out after the game on Sunday. I was thinking about how 
if you take away that boneheaded roughing the punter, the Raiders would have pitched a second-half shutout on Sunday. So then I'm starting to think about the games last year. I don't want to get too involved into last year. But last year in the second half of the season, in the second half of games, the Raiders held the Broncos to six, Seahawks to 14, Chargers to seven. They had the Rams. They had the Rams shut out until three minutes left in that game, and then they unexplicably gave up 14 points. They held the Patriots to nine offensive points up until four minutes left in the game. They held the Steelers to three points up until 40 seconds, 46 seconds left in the game. And then what I just pointed out the other day, too, three points in the second half. This is a trend now with Patrick Graham. He, we've all, I've been calling up for years this show complaining about the defense. Now I want to call up and say Pat Graham is doing a great job adjusting. The second half over the last half of a season has been a great job. The offense has had to do a better job of scoring. Now, as far as last Sunday, too, you know, we had a drop touchdown. It was a tough catch to make for Jacoby Myers, a bad interception thrown in the end zone by Jimmy mm-hmm. G. And, you know, I don't know if you've seen now that the All-22 has come out. That wasn't an illegal contact on Marcus Peters. Russell yep. Wilson was out of the pocket. That's a turnover the referees took away from us. That game shouldn't have even been close on Sunday. So a lot of good things. And like you said, up until last night, I was kind of like, that was the one game on the schedule, the Bills game. I was like, eh, I don't like that game. But now... I'm watching that game last night. This guy, Josh Allen, he's very good, but the way he's turning the ball over, I can't take him seriously anymore, like in a Mahomes or a Burrow or an Aaron Rodgers category. He just turns the ball over too much. And also with the Bills, besides him and Diggs, when you watch that game, who else do the Bills have that really keeps you up awake at night? And not ooh, many. Like, it's a winnable game, JT. I agree with you, Nick. Bills? Nick, I, I agree. Uh, Nick, I got to run. I agree it's a winnable game, but stop. Buffalo's been great. And Joe Burrow had a worse game than Josh Allen. Joe Burrow was god-awful. Joe, Bur- You see the Joe Burrow stats week one? Josh Allen is great. He's playing poorly now. John Elway had bad games. Ken Stabler had bad games. Josh Allen's a hell of a player. Now, he could have a problem now. He could be going through a rut. This might be a six-game rut, and the Raiders are the third game of the six-game rut. He's a hell of a player. The guy is excellent. So the Raiders are going to have to do a lot to beat him, and they're going to have to cover because Josh Allen extends plays like Russell Wilson, and that's not the strength of the Raiders. The Raiders covering longer than they're supposed to has never been a strength for the Raiders. They have to make sure they clean up the penalties. Mike in Staten, Italy. Oh, Mikey, you you bet the Raiders on the money line. You cashed the big ticket. Line opened up. Buffalo minus 10. I see it down to nine and a half and nine now. How are you playing it? Uh, um, same thing. Well, first of all, JT, I was at the game last night. I'm texting you. It was doom and gloom outside. The stadium was rocking with the 9-11 celebration. And then when Rodgers runs, I can't believe the highlight of Mike of the season with Rodgers was him running out with the American flag. Uh, and I don't want to go on a tangent. The Super Bowl last year, the field turf was horrible. The same field turf that the Meadowlands has is, was in the Super Bowl. He was tackled at the waist, not at the leg. The leg got caught up in the field turf. Let's get past that. Buffalo Bills, that guy is absolutely right. Buffalo Bills, other did Gabe Davis and Kincaid, the rookie tight end. What, obviously, the Jets have a great defense, but... I think, and Bryce Hall and Jacoby are going to, they're going to run wild. I think, you know what, I'm going to obviously take the point, but I'm also going to sprinkle a little on the uh, money line, JT. And how does the Raiders 
schedule. Look now for six and a half. We beat Denver. How's Pittsburgh look after that? Green Bay's a little better. Love's a little better. New England has no offense. Chicago stinks. Detroit's good. The Giants stink. The Jets' defense. Miami, Kansas City. Minnesota stinks. You got the Chargers. We're going to split with them. The Colts and Denver again. If that doesn't sound like 10 wins to you, JT, I don't know what does. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Mikey. You're right about that. Look at it that way. The Raiders look better than six and a half, which two weeks ago. We'll get to Raider Man on the other side. I'll get to Oklahoma. We got a lot of people we got to get to here. Uh, the monologue brought to you by Resorts World. You know, I'm there a lot. A doghouse on Monday night football. Great place to be. Head on out to Resorts World. Every time I go there, they're opening up something new. It's still a brand new property. One of the most recognized properties anywhere around the world is Resorts World. And everything I'm seeing around town, they're Building more and more and more. We got F1. We got the Super Bowl. We got the Sphere opening up. And a great place to go see live music in the theater is at Resorts World. Also, Jeff Sherman will join us on the moving odds. There's three NFL games where the lines look off to me. And they're moving. I'm a big believer where you want to bet on a Tuesday or a Wednesday before Sunday. If you see the line moving, I'll give you a couple of games coming up. Levi Edwards from the Raiders facility a little bit later in the show. That's a monologue. That's how we do it on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show. Brought to you by Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. One love. Gotta love Raising Cane's, the box combo. I tell you, my sons almost put me out of business. But I don't mind. So they put me out of business, and I have the partnership with Raisin Canes. Uh, my sons love eating there. So do I. The box combo, the coleslaw, the lemonade, fantastic. Best chicken fingers out there, bar none. So we're covering the breaking news today of Aaron Rodgers more than the Raiders. That's going to happen only a few times a year. LeBron James news or something like that, World Series, whatever it is. Do a sports talk show. It happens to be on a Raiders channel today. I move over to Aaron Rodgers because it's a big story and it's a Tuesday. If you want to come in on how to beat the Bills, we're open for business. We'd love to hear it there. Uh, I'm putting together my notes with Eric Allen. We did the Raiders press conference live yesterday. You can find that every Monday at 1 o'clock on Fox 5. Raiders Roundtable will debut at 1 o'clock live on YouTube. And then this week I got to interview the coach at 6.30 in the morning Thursday because he's in West Virginia and I'm in Vegas so early night, Wednesday night, and then Thursday I'll interview Josh McDaniels back in West Virginia as the Raiders are trying to get ahead of their schedule here. Raider man checking in up in the Bay Area. What's happening, my friend? Thanks for calling in. Man, what's going on, JT? You know I had to tap in, brother, man. You know, and shout out especially uh, to the people of New York. You know, not just because of the debacle that happened over the weekend and whatnot. I mean, you know, the Giants loss is one thing. But the Aaron Rodgers was a tragedy as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's like, you know, I don't know the man or anything like that. I ruptured an Achilles. I'm nowhere close to being in an Aaron Rodgers situation. But, you know, I just can't believe that that brother going to decide to walk out after a situation like that, knowing that that city needs it, the big comeback that it needs. I mean, you know, where else is he going to go? He's almost like kind of a coach in-house now. So I'm hoping that after his surgery and all that kind of stuff, and he does his recovery, that his heart is still there. And he got to, you know, to put the hat on one more time and go back 
back and do it for the great people in New York because that's just a tragedy that happened on the football field, and my heart dropped when that happened. I actually had him starting on my fantasy football team. It's amazing you touched that, but I don't want to demean it to that level. Man, shouts out to Big Lunch, too, man. I've been hearing for the last couple of weeks that brother been down and out a little bit on under the weather, and I'm just praying the best-case scenarios for him because I got no idea what's going on. But when I hit my people down, I want to hug their neck. So I know they're going to be listening. I want to just shout you out, dog. Get on up because I want to be able to hug your neck when I get out there for the season opener against Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? It's like uh, I was just listening to the show before you, and I heard the name uh, pop up, Matt uh, Stafford. And it's not like he's busy right now. When you talk about who the New York really need to be able to uh, to fire that damn team back up, when I was watching the game, I thought about that. You know, if the Rams is actually trying to tank this year, that might be one way to cut bait and make it look like it was, you know, on accident, you know, wink, wink, and actually put, you know, do a, put a favor in the Jets' pocket because, you know, New York could use a boost right now. Now, check this out, man. Last night's game, that was like watching the episode of The Young and Restless. And I called my shot yesterday. I don't know what, what day is this. I think it was yesterday I called in on your show because I don't understand why everybody's so afraid of Buffalo. I'm not trying to take away from anything of the talent that they have and everything that's been created in that system, but it's a system. And then when you look into the eyes of the players, it tells you everything about that system because you can only believe it in as long as the, as the system is working for you. But you got to be able to do it for yourself. And the tip of their spear, though, like he really want to be doing that right now. I saw clips last night while I was watching the game of Stephon Diggs trying to, you know, like do psychoanalyze the dude and pump him back up. I don't think this is just about whatever's going on between those two. I think it's something bigger than that. I think Josh Allen woke up and realized he remembered who he really is. You know, sometimes the money can't hide deficiencies. And now that you're doing all them commercials and all that kind of stuff, and you comb your hair that funny way, maybe it's just like Rocky Three. Maybe you need to get back on the horse. But you're not going to get to do it this week because the Raiders coming in, JT. I'm putting my game plan out early. You want to know how to beat Buffalo? You make sure you lock down the receivers, which is going to be damn tough to do. We're not known to do that. I know we are the Raiders. But scheme-wise, we can make out ways to make that dude have to run around and sacrifice himself the way he had to at the beginning of his career. He don't want to keep taking them hits. That thing starts to hurt after a while. And I think he's starting to make up his mind uh, with Deion Sanders used to call business decisions. That dude out there starting to get the yips like Knobloch guy where all of a sudden he can't even throw the ball from second base to first to get a single, you know, to get mm-hmm. out. You know what I'm saying? When the long balls don't work because you can't just throw the ball up in the air, you got to try to figure out what to do on the ground. And when you're on the ground, you got to pound. And I think that's where our specialty lies right now. So I'm looking forward to the Raiders going out there to Buffalo, especially since we're already there and we kick back and we're waiting for this game to happen. And while they icing up, we game and planning for their ass. And we're not scared <laughs> of them dudes, man. But look, there's where the smoke, there's fire. And there's something that's going on behind the scenes. But I tell you what, it's damn good we got football to mask up all the descent because it's a great deodorant. I appreciate the platform, yep. JT. Thanks. I holler at you. I'm still looking at you, man. Thanks, Raider, man. Appreciate it. He makes a good point on the Raiders are back east. They they seem to be ready to roll. They got to win under their belt. They have the ability to match them in firepower on offense. That's the key to the whole season. The Raiders can match any team firepower-wise. I said a lot of that last year with Derek Carr also. Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. Problem was Renfro and Waller weren't available last year. So the Raiders couldn't win games in shootouts. Now they can. I'm hoping Jacoby is cleared to play in this game. He's in protocol. Hunter Renfro didn't get any targets. I would think he's going to get some targets in this game. Josh Jacobs should have a better game on the ground. I'm not saying he's going to run for 150 yards, but last year he always ran for about 150 yards or 120 yards. I think he's ready to go week two. But the key will be Devontae. 
They don't have a player that can guard Devontae. They got good players, but Denver had Sertan. You know, the Jets have juice. Uh, they have younger players who can sauce, excuse me, young players who can guard. Devontae can have a big game up in Buffalo. He can. And we just have to find a way to guard their receivers, Diggs and Davis. They're very good. And the Raiders still have to prove that they can cover. And at times they did cover last week. They did cover last week when they had to. And it wasn't super impressive. The Raiders are not ball hawks other than Marcus Peters. Jacorian Bennett, I've only seen him play one game. I thought he was very mature in that game. Got beat a couple of times, had a penalty. Who cares? They won the game. He's young. It's going to happen again and again and again. This year, Jacorian Bennett's going to get a pass interference. Not often, but he's going to get a few of them. He's going to get beat for a touchdown, and he's going to come right back out there, number zero, and do it again. It's going to take time with him. I'm comparing him to Namdi. I really am. Namdi was a better, higher draft pick, but I'm comparing Jacorian Bennett all year to Namdi Asamoah to see how he's able to mature and play at a high level. But Buffalo's not playing well. And my gut tells me that Josh Allen's going to bounce back and play a good game because I'm used to seeing him play great games. So I don't think he's going to play three, four, five bad games in a row. But I'd like him to play one more bad one in a row, and that would be against the Raiders coming up here. Uh, let's get out to Jay, who's kind enough to join us on the flagship. Hello, Jay. Hey, what's going on, my man, JT? Thanks for taking the Thank call, Thank you. Man. Hey, man, look, I your monologue got me, got me pumped up, man, and I agree everything as far as – uh, leading up to this game that you said, man, I, I agree 100%. And it, it's crazy because how, how <laughs> one night changes everything. Like, I had a feeling about this game uh, before Monday night. I was thinking, you know, if the Raiders could just go up there, man, focus, try to win time of possession, run the ball with Josh Jacobs, you know, defense, uh, play, mm-hmm. you know, bend, not break, um, just stay in the game late and then try to, you know, uh, you know, make a play, win it on a last-second field goal, or yeah. Jimmy G, uh, you know, on on a drive. But now after watching last night, JT, watching the Bills, it has I, I have gone the other way. Now I, I'm thinking different, JT. I, I'm looking for this game. I think that, I'm a big boxing fan, JT. I know you're a boxing fan. What happens when a fighter gets knocked out? Their very next fight, you got to jump on them. You got to test that test that chin. And I think it's time for the Raiders to come out. Even if they win the coin toss, take the ball. Go down there. Put that pressure. Try to get a touchdown. Try to get some kind of points and put that pressure on Josh Allen because right now he's he's on shaky legs right now. And I think it's time to put the pressure on him and 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 you know try to try to grab a lead. And because right now, I mean, look, look at look at last night. You know, he's he's making a, a good uh, impression of Santa Claus. I mean, he's he's gift wrapping the football and and giving it away. So if we can come away with a couple of turnovers, I'm not saying four turnovers, but if we can come away with with a couple of turnovers and turn them into points and the defense, you know, uh, uh, play play press man, you know, play press man, get get in their chest. Because the one thing that the Raiders don't have to worry about uh, as far as uh, on offense with the Bills is they don't have a run game. They haven't had a run game for a long time. Their run game is Josh Allen. So the, the, the defense, you know, Patrick Graham needs to draw up a great game plan uh, focusing in on Josh Allen, and but I think it's imperative, JT, that we go up there early, get some points, get a couple of scores early, and get those get those legs shaking on on, on behalf of Josh Allen, and maybe he'll gift wrap us a, a couple of turnovers, and we can come out of there with the win, man. I'm a lot more optimistic, like you said, when the season, when the schedule came out. Uh, I wasn't so optimistic, but after what I saw last night, and look. Uh, uh, Zach Wilson, Jimmy G is better than Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson kind of had that game plan that I was telling, you know, bend, not break, mm-hmm. make a few plays, and he won it late. Yep. 
So why can't Jimmy G do that? I have a firm belief, and I think that's what's going to happen this weekend. Thanks a lot, JT. Thank you. Yeah, look, I, I think that Jimmy G can win in Buffalo. The guy's won. He's 41-17 and 17 lifetime. He's won four playoff games, including Lambeau Field. He can win in Buffalo. It's not If Jimmy G has a chance to win that game late, he'll win it. But how do the Raiders stay in the game? That's an explosive team that can get away from you quickly. The building can get away from the Raiders quickly. The crowd, it's going to be a madhouse. It's their home opener. They're in a Super Bowl window. Not in a window to win the division. They're going to win the division. The Jets are done. Jets are done. Unless, you know, Raider Man made an interesting point trading for Matthew Stafford. You want to hear this stat about the Jets and what that cost them last night financially? You won't believe this number. This is all over social media today. Here it is. Aaron Rodgers out for the season with Achilles tear. The Jets lose $75 million in contract guarantees. $75 million. Wait till that sinks in. And wait till Green Bay, who made the trade, realizes they're not going to get the draft pick that they hoped for because Aaron Rodgers didn't win 10 games and didn't play there. It's just brutal. Absolutely brutal what happened here. No doubt about it. i got to get to Jeff Sherman next. Uh, Jeff Sherman will join us from the Westgate. I'll specifically ask him about the Raiders' point spread. The vice president of risk management will join us coming up on the point spread of the Raider game. Should you bet it now? Should you bet it later in the week? Oh, Thursday night, I'll be at Las Vegas' premier cigar lounge, La Casa Cigars, and lounge at Tivoli Village. I was blown away when I was walking into their humidor. 500 cigar labels. One of the largest whiskey, scotch, and bourbon selections in the Valley. Live local entertainment seven days a week. LaCasaCigars.com. I'm going to have a cigar and a beverage, a few, and watch Thursday Night Football. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show. Brought to you by the DeCasta Verde Law Group. If you get into an accident, call 702-222-9999. Yes, the DeCasta Verde Law Group. I'll be seeing Alex DeCasta Verde today, our proud partner here on Raider Nation Radio. And I'll have more to tell you about that tomorrow. One of the best, best attorney teams in town, the DeCasta Verde Law Group. Jeff Sherman joins us, VP of Risk Management, over at the Westgate. And, Jeff, obviously I'm dying to talk to you today about Aaron Rodgers. Tell me how the book was affected, season totals, upcoming lines. What was the reaction instantly when you saw the news? Yeah, well, last night I know the book needed the Jets, so it ended up being a good outcome as everyone was on Buffalo. But then we made the adjustments, and for the Super Bowl, we were at 18-1 to on the Jets, and even though they came away with a win, now they're up to 60-1. to and, the, and Rodgers was worth about six points to the spread. So you look at the line this week where the Jets are at Dallas. It was Dallas three and a half. It's now nine and a half. Incredible. Jeff, have you ever seen anything like this in your great history over there and what you've done in the past on a player? Four plays for his new team, an MVP, an elite player. I'm not accustomed to anything like that, and I can't imagine what the gamblers are thinking. Yeah, no, not in that type of reaction. Like you said, four plays into the new season with that much anticipation. I mean, you know, we were trying to think of something, and you go back to when Brady missed the season and what he meant to a team like mm-hmm. that you know, with their expectations every year. But this is not a common occurrence and really surprising to see four plays in. All right, a couple of things I want to look. You have even the week three early lines. When you put up something like the Giants were awful, and I want to get to week two, but the Giants were awful. That was the worst loss in franchise history, and that's San Francisco minus nine and a half. What is that like when you and your team put together those lines and week three, the early lines here, because the Giants are going to have an opportunity to exercise their demons and bounce back. 
Yeah, and you know we saw some sharp money on the Giants this week playing at the Cardinals. It went up from Giants minus four to five and a half this week, so we take some of that into account in the line. But uh, we couldn't go quite ten on the Niners. But as poorly as the Giants looked, this was an adjustment because before the year we were at Forty Niners minus seven. Uh, where do you have Raiders at Buffalo? Uh, the early line low opened the consensus at minus eight up to ten. I see it in the nines here now. Raiders, I'm not saying the Raiders played a great game, but they beat Denver, and they were an underdog in that game, and Buffalo did not look very good last night. Yeah, we have the Bills minus nine and a half, and that's where we were a few days ago on this game. And, you know, even with uh, Buffalo looking poorly last night, we're hesitant to go low because now the public will be on this side of Buffalo you know, backing them not to be in a 0-2 hole. And, you know, even though the spread might not come into play versus the money line, they're still going to support the Bills here. Jeff Sherman's our guest, VP of Risk Manager at the Westgate. I send everyone to the Westgate, period. Say what? They come in from out of town, where to go? Go to the Westgate. Biggest screens, best service, unbelievable service. Go over to the Westgate and watch all your sports. Let's go to the 49ers at the Rams. Rams look good. Upset win. That's going to affect their season total. And a lot of, a lot of people thought they'd start off with a win early. A consensus with minus 4.5 initially for San Francisco. You got the 49ers minus 8 at the Rams. Yeah, we reopened this on Sunday, 49ers minus 6.5, took some early money up to 7, and then some sharp play at minus 7, which drove it up to minus 8 right now. So, you know, I think it was more of an indictment on Seattle last week as, as versus pro Rams, and you can see them fading the Rams here in this spot. Uh, did you see a much of a move here with Green Bay at Atlanta? I think uh, before the season started, it was Atlanta minus one and a half. I see you have it as Green Bay minus two. Green Bay, a road favorite. Yeah, and we expect to see Green Bay support. We saw it against the Bears game last week, and we're expecting it against Atlanta here. Green Bay looked really good in Chicago. Atlanta struggled a bit. So uh, we're expecting this. We could see this one climb maybe even up to two and a half. But we're sitting at Green Bay minus two right now. One game that fascinates me, Jacksonville's home opener after winning a playoff game. Look, I never thought that was a great home field advantage, but it's getting better because of Trevor Lawrence and what we've seen with their wide receiver core. This is a game I'm keeping a really close eye on because Kansas City will have nine days off. They got beat at home by Detroit. And it still seems that number is really firm. Kansas City, a three-point favorite on the road at Jacksonville. Yeah, and the Chiefs were a two-and-a-half-point favorite until Chris Jones resigned. So we bumped that up from two-and-a-half to three due to to him being available for this game. And the public will support Kansas City as a small road favorite here, you know, expecting them not to go in an 0-2 hole. You think Dallas will hold that nine-and-a-half over the Jets? Man, the Jets with all this bad news. I think they're going to get a new quarterback. I think they're going to bring in someone this week. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a big name from the past, but I look at this number here. There's a lot of Cowboy fans out there that want to pound that number and just have some action on America's team. Yeah, I'd be surprised if it hit 10. You know, like mm. I said, we made a six-point adjustment from 3.5 to 9.5, and, and with such a low total at 39.5, if you get to 10, you know, those points are going to mean something in that range. So I 9.5 is a pretty large adjustment, and, I'd be surprised if he gets a 10. I think the Sharps would take 10. Hey, last one, Jeff. The liability here on Colorado and Prime, Deion Sanders going forward. Those who pounded him in the first game and then were rewarded over Nebraska in the second game. Now ESPN is fighting Fox. Both television networks want to carve up the parking lot and do shows there. The hysteria here for Colorado is off the charts. How are you handling it at the Westgate? Yeah, and we have that liability, uh, like everyone expects. And we have the Buffaloes eighty to one to win the whole championship now, after opening three hundred to one, down to twenty to one to win the Pac-12 after opening three hundred to one. So, you know, we have some liability there, and we still see support show up.
Thank you, Jeff. Always appreciate your time. All right. Thanks, JT. Head on over to the Westgate, VP of Risk Management there. It's truly a great place. I set my sons up there for the Final Four. Well, my of-age son, he was then 21, now he's 22. I forget now, I have a 22-year-old son. I might bring him out for a cigar. Not that he'll smoke one, but I'll have one Thursday night. He can have a beverage with me, which is nice. Maybe a Modelo or a nice Remy Martin, team up for excellence here at La Casa Cigars. So busy first hour of the show here. We spent most of the time on Aaron Rodgers. I'll spend most of our two on Aaron Rodgers, the breaking news he's done for the year. Levi Edwards will join us from inside the Raider facility. He talked to Josh McDaniel. We'll get his analysis on the win week one and what's going to happen coming up week two at the top of the hour also. Raiders Roundtable on YouTube. You should be getting the alert. If you're a Raider fan, do me a favor, subscribe to that. Numbers are really strong. Strong, real podcast. Not a fake podcast. Everyone's got a podcast. I got some smaller podcasts, too. But the Raiders Roundtable with Q Myers, it's a nice podcast for all Raider fans. Check it out at the top of the hour.